is Lisa Nearing with Soft Skills 101. This podcast is sponsored by the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network and True North Homeschool Academy, education that takes you in the right direction. What makes True North Homeschool Academy's live online classes different? Well, our teachers for one. Our teachers come from all over the United States and Israel. They're experienced teachers and committed to quality education. Most of them are homeschooled themselves or are currently homeschooling their own children. Our teachers are knowledgeable about their subject matter, passionately committed to quality, and love teaching. Parents and students can take one or two classes or a full academic load. Secondly, we're affordable. Compare our costs, which for most of our classes includes live online instruction, the experience and commitment of each of our teachers, the fact that we provide assessments and gradings, to any other online program. Class bundles are available for even greater savings. Thirdly, we're coming from a decidedly Judeo-Christian point of view. We pray in class and we talk openly about issues of faith. Our teachers are committed to praying for your kids. Kids in the classes are building friendships with other students around the country and even out of it. Our goal is to come alongside fellow homeschooling families to provide quality education that takes them in the right direction, headed true north. Today on the show, I'm super excited to have Meryl Vandermer, who has homeschooled her four children, and during that time, she started teaching at the local homeschool co-op. She still teaches there, as well as online at Funda Funda Academy. In addition, she coaches homeschool, science Olympiad, and quiz bowl teams. Meryl is also the host of the Homeschooling with Technology podcast, which you can find at the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. And Meryl, I'm so thrilled to have you on today. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we are going to be talking about leadership during this session. And Meryl, you coach Science Olympiad and Quiz Bowls. And I would just love for you to share how you think that those kind of activities develop leadership in our kids. And maybe not those specifically, but any kind of competitive academic um, work like that, how that really develops leadership in our kids. Well, As soon as your kids are working on any sort of team event, they do have to learn to work as a team. And that's the beginning of leadership. You can't be a leader if there aren't other people to follow. And um, because, you know, I coach these teams, we do have captains of the teams. And the students coming up can see who are chosen as captains and they serve as role models. And every year, for instance, with Science Olympiad, we go through and we explain to the students how we choose the captains before we announce the next captains. So those coming up can understand. And, uh, you know, we explain, because obviously we don't want students to be leaders who just tell other people what to do, Mm -hmm. but we explain that they have to be people who work well with others. And um, particularly with the coaches, (laughs) because (laughs) for us, that is really important. And it is important for all leaders that they can actually network well, that they communicate well, that they respond to people, um, because it's not all about just, you know, telling someone else what to do. So we choose students like that. We choose students who put the work in. They obviously need to be diligent. They need to have arrived all their practices. They need to actually excel for whatever they're doing. They're not necessarily the, the students, though, who have done the best. Mm-hmm. And they will see that over the years because that's not always, those aren't always the best leaders. Mm-hmm. It's also the students who others want to work with. 
So in Science Olympiad, for instance, they do give us feedback after we have a retournament because uh, students work in pairs on, on that. They're, they're a team of up to 15, but they work in pairs on an event. And you will have a variety of partners each year. And we ask, you know, who have enjoyed working with? And we take that into account. So they learn that being a leader means that you are somebody who other people want to follow or want to work with, want to be with. If it's, you know, if you're difficult, if you're just telling everybody what to do, if you're not listening to other people, because listening is a big leadership skill, mm-hmm. nobody is going to want that. So humility, um, we just look and see how those students behave. If when they win, they are terribly interested in, um, you know, saying how well they've done, that's not great. If they're taking time to notice those who haven't done so well, and comforting them and encouraging them, those are the students who are wanting in leadership positions. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's been interesting over the years, you know, as you're working with students, those leaders do become apparent. And, and I say we have very intentionally told students why we have picked the students we have as leaders. I can remember one year, I do not anymore coach the science bowl team because I don't know that much, but we have that. It's literally a quiz bowl team. The one I coach is just everything, not just science. But I had gone and watched some of the earlier rounds because the kids had wanted me to come watch them. And then the girl who was captain called me at the end. They actually ended up winning the whole tournament for our state and going to represent our state at, at nationals. Uh, they were the only homeschool team there and they beat all the local private and public schools. But she called me and she was just, she is really, really smart, this particular student. And I knew that she would have answered most of the questions on the actual team. But she called me to make sure I knew. And then what she did, and I wrote this in her college recommendation that I wrote for her. She then said to me, and you know what? This student answered these and these and these questions. And this student, you know, they got this right. She told me what everybody else had achieved. She never once told me the smart thing she had done. Mm. And that really stuck with me. And the kids really liked her and looked up to her. And she didn't ever make light, you know, she was comfortable with who she was and her own ability, but she was always ready to recognize other people. Mm. And, and it was, it was, it was really good seeing that in her. And, um, you know, I think the children also can learn from a good leader as you pick the right ones. And it's, it's sometimes harder when, especially if you are the coach, i not to always use your own kids, yeah. <laughs> but to really use the child that is, you know, um, the, the best one, which might not be yours at that time. But it, it, it does give them the opportunity in a team to learn to work and say those who are good will rise up to the top. And I've noticed even now, we just had our first little tournament last weekend and we just took one of our Science Olympia teams and I noticed the captain going on. We used Slack to communicate and she went on and the week before said, come on guys, just one more week. Let's just push hard. Let's see what we can do. And she was taking that role of, you know, encouraging because we've given them that opportunity. The coaches expect the team captains to lead, Mm. not just to be the ones to take the, the trophy when we win, but we do expect them to be setting the example to be encouraging their teammates, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I love how you've mentioned so many soft skills in the last five minutes. <laughs> um, collaboration, hard work, listening skills, humility, which we haven't actually identified as a soft skill, but wow, humility goes in with integrity and just willingness to not take all the glory for yourself. 
And wow, what a, what a huge, amazing array of soft skills you learned just by being on a team. So Meryl, did you just walk into this team that was already created where you lived and just um, participated or did you help start it? How did that all get going? I know. I've never walked into anything. That would be so easy, wouldn't it? (laughs) So we, you may notice my accent. Um, I'm South African and we moved across from South Africa when my oldest child was 12. We had not homeschooled before, but I started homeschooling at that point. And uh, my children are competitive and they do better when they are competing. And so I started to look for opportunities and I discovered Science Olympiad right near the, the start. And so I think it was our second year here. I just decided to start a team and I have no science background. I did no science at all at college. So this is just an encouragement to parents out there. If you think something will be good for your kids, go for it and start it. You don't have to have any ability. I am the walking proof that you don't need to know anything because in South Africa, we don't have gen ed. So I seriously, the only thing that was vaguely scientific I did in college was um, one semester of computer programming. And I have been the head coach of our Science Olympia team for, I don't know, 14, 15, 16 years now. And four times our middle school team has won our state championship and gone on to represent our state at nationals, um, beating, you know, all the local schools and everything else. So there it is. You don't need to do it. And you have a bachelor's degree in in German and in English, English, right? Right. Yes. And that's all I have. I do not have a master's. I do not have anything else. So you also do not need to be highly qualified. I am, I've long stopped worrying about what I have on paper and I just go for it. I have also over the years started a Lego league team, a first Lego league team. Yeah. Um, I often see parents in our area looking for teams and I say, well, start your own. I, my children were actually, my one son was actually on a team that a friend of mine did. And I paid no attention. I just dropped him off and picked him up and we went and watched him at the competition. But I decided to actually start one, not with homeschoolers, but with inner city students. Mm. And we did that for three years. And in our third year, they actually made it to the state tournaments and even came back with a trophy. But it was because I realized the soft skills, as you were saying, mm. it wasn't so much about, um, you know, learning and competing and how well they were going to do. I wanted them to learn the leadership and learn how to communicate and work together as a team and understand the strengths and weaknesses of each other. Mm -hmm. And um, that's why, you know, I actually did that. The Scholars Ball, I discovered, it's on TV. It's a televised um, quiz show thing that we see. So I saw it on TV and then there was another homeschool team that did really well. And I'm like, I want to do that too. (laughs) So (laughs) that was that. But there have been other things that we've started along the way. And, and one place that homeschoolers can get involved in almost everywhere is 4-H. Huh. And I'm a big plug for 4-H. All my kids did 4-H. And as you notice, my podcast is Homeschooling with Technology. So for most people, they the, and my kids are very techie. Both my sons are now app programmers. Um, all my kids are far more techie than me. Mm-hmm. And yet they all gained a lot from doing 4-H because 4-H isn't just about cows and sheep and farming and things like that. There is a big push for technology and all of mine did, one of them did communication, you'll love that one, (laughs) she did that, but the rest of them did engineering as their projects, they did photography, computers, um, they have a lot of different options that you can actually focus on. Robotics is is another one that they have that's pretty big now. Mm -hmm. 
But within that, you're working often on teams and you, you, there are a lot of team things that you can do as 4-H. You can do individual things as well. But even and the individual things, though, do really encourage leadership. Mm, I love it. Wow. I never thought of 4-H as being, as being so tech forward thinking. I mean, I live in ag country. So everybody I know that does 4-H here, they are doing cows and sheep. <laughs> But that is really no, awesome. We never did cows or sheep, I promise you. And my kids, um, my older three all ended up going to nationals. And, and uh, it's there's also a lot of public speaking involved in 4-H, yeah. which is another leadership skill. Yeah. So there's that. And then in 4-H, I mean, really, honestly, I would say 4-H is perhaps one of the easiest ways to get leadership experience. Oh, okay. um, yeah, and they're not paying me to say this. <laughs> I did do a 4-H and technology podcast episode, though, because I, I you know, um, I wanted to show people how great it is. Hey, the like thing it. is that you constantly, um, you you run the students run their own clubs. Yeah. So the students run for president and vice president um, and whatever other you know positions your particular club will have. And there are also then there's the honors level clubs, which is, so you have your local club, which for ours was a homeschool club. Then you had our county club, which the kids then could run for as well. And then we also even had different project groups, like say computers, which my, my, my one son started the club. Oh. So um, there's the particular one just for the computers and technology. And so they got the, and they will run the meetings, the students, everything is student run in 4-H. Mm-hmm. So the parents do not get involved. You have an adult leader. So I eventually became one, but the students are the ones who stand up and open the meetings. They learn all the Robert's rules of order and how to do everything correctly. They keep things moving. They're the ones that do the planning. You know, if, if, a, if an adult is doing it, they, that's not how 4-H is designed. It's designed for the students to do it. Okay. There's so lots of great leadership opportunities there. And the other thing about 4-H is they, they are some great scholarship money for college through 4-H. Yes. All of my kids got scholarship money from 4-H. Oh. So that's, that's, that is, and it's free to join. Right. And they have fantastic um, conferences as well. Yeah. And, and there is a speech competition. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just... There's just, there's lots of competitions and a lot of the other competitions incorporate speaking. So even mm-hmm. if it's not the plain speech, I don't know, there's like a, there's something to do with horses and a speech contest too. I'm not very clear about it, but I know there is that too. Yeah. Very, very cool. So part of what I hear you saying is to parents, just a word of encouragement. If you, if there's something that your kids need or want, um, or you want them to develop skills and you're not, there's not anything around locally, Figure out what it is that's going to address that need and start it yourself. Um, right. Yeah. There. Um, and um, anything else you want to tell us about science? Uh, science Olympiad, or I know your team is in really good shape this year to go to nationals, right? Am I understanding it correctly? Well, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's like, right now, we're in the middle of Scholars Bowl is the main thing, our Quiz Bowl, which that we've just, um, we're now just heading into the semifinals, but that's just a local televised competition. Um, Science Olympiad, the last two years, we've managed to, our middle school, there's a middle school and a high school bracket, the middle school team has managed to win. But, you know, every year it's, you have new students coming up and moving, you know, so it's, who knows, but um, <laughs> the kids do it. But I was thinking about something else though, not related to Science Olympiad, but relating to if you're in an area where there isn't anything. The other thing is the parents can start something like a team like this, which obviously needs, um, you know, it needs sponsorship. And there, there are quite a few um, academic competitions 
if you just Google around and 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 look that do have team team aspects to it. I think Future City is another one. Math Counts is another one. All of these are teams. Uh, but the other thing is get your students to start. Your children can start things. Mm-hmm. When my youngest son was about 11th grade, he decided to um, that he wanted to start a strategy games club. He just loves playing strategy games. So he started the club. With a friend, the two of them started together and they alternated. One week they came to my house and destroyed it. And the other week they went to his mom's house and destroyed it. You know, we would provide food and things. And they opened it not just to homeschoolers, but they opened it to the community. So people from youth group, et cetera, would come and join in. And they would just spend two or three hours playing Settlers of Catan and whatever else, you know, people had brought. And there really was not a lot to do because all he had to do was really send out some emails and said, so this is where we're doing it. And the people showed up. But then he also, I, I did encourage this, but he did it all. I, 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 I might sometimes give my kids the ideas, but they knew that they were really doing it. So parents also, if your child is in a leadership position, let them lead or fail. Don't lead for them. They're not learning anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I suggested that he, because 4-H is very um, about uh, citizenship. And so he, you have to sort of earn points but I suggested that they run a little tournament and charge money for it and then use the money to actually buy some more strategy games and donate it to an inner city after school center that we were helping. So then he could add on to that. So then he had a little bit more to do because he actually had to plan a small event. Well, he and his friend, the two of them did it together and that gave them more leadership opportunity and something else that they could put down, you know, when they're applying to colleges and, and on scholarships, and it gave them that experience. So there is that too, that, you know, you can get your kid to start something. Mm-hmm. And just the, the very opportunity to think about other people who don't readily have what so many of us take for granted, like board games. I mean, we all probably have stacks of them in our house and yet there's people in, in, you know, in our neighborhoods that don't have board games. So your son was able to provide something in such a beautiful way. Um, I love that. Um, Before we wrap up, Meryl, I would love for you to just share with our listeners about Fund to Fund Academy and the great academic opportunities you're providing there. So our um, online academy, at the moment, is still largely aiming at high schoolers, that we're moving more into the younger, and we do have some classes that are all the way down to kindergarten, like Spanish, we have that. Ours, unlike um, yours, Lisa, is is not live. We sometimes have live components, like Spanish does need a live hour a week. You can't learn a language without actually speaking it. But most of our classes are doing your own time. So we fill in the same area, but slightly different niches. So if you if you can't always commit to being online at a certain time, ours work well. Um, like the classes that Lisa and uh, True North Homeschool Academy offer, we are looking at academic excellence. So these aren't just a check a box. <laughs> so yeah. if you if you want your students to think about things, we, we do offer that. And ours are very different. We use a lot of tech. Most of the teachers, the teachers do, do their own thing, but I know mine and quite a few of the others. We do encourage the children to be creating videos sometimes, um, you know, um, digital timelines. But at the same time, you know, it's not just using tech for the sake of tech. They're also just interacting with, you know, primary sources if they're doing, say, history. They're reading journals if they're doing biology, you know. So we do try and, like, really stretch them as well. We also do use some leadership, strangely enough. We're actually thinking about that. 
in some of our classes, geography, computer applications, I know we actually have group projects and you can do that online. And we do then give the students opportunity to actually be group leaders. And we watch and see who seems to be on top of their work, who communicates well. And then I will appoint them as the leader and they have the thankless task of trying to get everybody to turn things in. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So if I will put the links to a lot of what Meryl has mentioned today in the show notes, um, including a couple of her podcast shows um, and where you can find Funda Funda Academy. Um, they have some great resources that are quite different than True North Homeschool Academy. So if you're looking for classes that are self-paced, I would highly recommend Funda Funda Academy. Meryl, thanks so much for taking time to speak with me. I know you're going to be traveling soon and you're coaching and teaching all the time. So I appreciate your time so much. Thank you for having me. Check out the show notes for a recap of today's show and to find out where you can hear more from True North. As always, we appreciate your listening, sharing, and downloading this podcast. Check out our blog at True North Homeschool Academy for great information about other soft skills and homeschooling. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. Until next week, this is Lisa Nearing with Soft Skills 101, Life Skills for a Digital Age. Thank you.